Psalms chapter number 103. Let's start. So engage the Holy Spirit, amen? Engage the person in the presence of the Holy Spirit in everything that you do. Now, we all come from different backgrounds, and I'll tell you something. The faith that you choose to belong to, or the faith that you belong to as you grow older, is largely dependent on the home you are brought up in. Okay? An example is, we're all Christians in here, right? But if you were to be, but if you were born in an, in an Islamic home, you'd be Muslim. Hmm? Or you'd have grown up Muslim. Right? If someone grew up, maybe their parents went to the Jehovah's Witness Church, it means growing up, they will identify as Jewits, as people call them, right? If someone grew up in an SDA home, growing up, they will identify as SDA. However, there comes a point in life when it's not about the home you grew up in, it's about your personal relationship with God. There comes a time where the prayers of your parents or your grandparents or whoever it is that brought you up can only carry you so far. You will realize that you will begin to have certain questions that if you don't attend to them, you will lose your way. Are we together? So, the challenge that I'm, I'm posing to you today is the things you know about God, where did you learn them from and who told you about them? Because the person who told you about God should have encountered God himself. You can't tell someone about another person that you've never met. You understand, right? I'll give you an example. I've never met the president personally. So that means I'm in no position to tell you much about him rather than the things I've read about him. So there comes a point where you have to interact with this person called God on your own. Such that even when you begin to produce your own offspring, as you pass down knowledge, it's not something that you simply got from another person, but you know where you stand. If you tell someone God is good, do you believe it? If you tell someone today that actually God is faithful, do you believe in the faithfulness of God on your own? What happens when the day that you, the faithfulness of God is, 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 is like your belief in that faithfulness is questioned, or rather is tested? You get the point? Because... As you walk in this journey of life, there is such a thing called trials and temptations. Some are tempted more than others because they present themselves in places of temptation. But when it comes to trials, every single person gets to experience trials and testings in this life. There is no person who is exempted from being, from being tested in life. Every one of us here, unless you're just too young, if you're, if you're too young, perhaps life will catch up. But when, when you're, as you grow up, you will realize that there's a period of time you will experience things that will make you question a lot of things. Am I correct? Yes. And as you experience those things, the question that you have to ask yourself is, what have I believed about this God that I'm praying to? What have I known about this God that I'm praying to? If... Have I truly believed in the goodness of God? Because we can say God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. But when things are not good, is God still good? Hmm. Are you following? 
when everything seems to be going against what you planned. And you, and you know, the, the thing about a number of people is a great number of believers will write down some things that they want God to do for them, but then they will end up telling other people that God told me he would do these things for me. So, God didn't say something. You simply wanted something. But then, because maybe you're exercising your faith, you end up telling someone, God told me this will happen. And then when things don't go the way you planned, you now begin to question the faithfulness of God. So, the challenge that I'm posing to each one of us here is, let's come to the place where we have personal encounters and personal revelations of who God is for ourselves. It's very critical because when life hits you now, you know where your roots are. You know where your life is founded on. This word of God you've believed. This word of God that has changed others. Can it change you the same way? This word of God that other people come back with testimonies. Have you ever returned home with a testimony from this word of God that you actually hear? This word of God that you keep hearing other people saying, by the word of God, I got healed. Has it ever healed you? You see, it comes to a point where your convictions must be solid. And I'm not talking about mere experiences, but where your heart is settled, that for me, it's either the word of God or nothing else. Out together. Because experiences will be different according to societies and according to just different uh, levels of faith. All right? So, the first scripture read is Psalms 103. Are you following? Yes. Good. Psalms 103 and the verse of 7. Psalms 103 verse 7. Very important portion of scripture. Psalms 103 verse 7. So the Bible says, He made known his ways to Moses and says his acts to the children of Israel. That's very important because you get to realize that God didn't reveal himself to the children of Israel. He revealed himself to Moses. The children of Israel only got to experience the works of God, not the, not the person of God. Because the Bible says he made known his ways. That means his character to Moses. And then he says his acts to the children of Israel. That means there is a dimension of a relationship that Moses had that the children of Israel didn't have. Because... Even just where you are, it's not everyone that you allow inside your, your, your life to just simply uh, ex- to know you the way you are. Because, you know, when some people know how you really are. <laughs> when some people know how you eat, they won't invite you home. <laughs> so you get to limit you how, how they get to... You understand, right? So God decided he was going to reveal his ways to one person and not to the others. I want you to think about it this way. When we talk about having a relationship with God, and when you read the scriptures from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's filled with men and women who had certain experiences with God that are sort of, that can be described as supernatural, right? Certain experiences that can be described as extraordinary. Now, the question is, what did they know about God that the generation we're in that hasn't known yet? I want you to think about it. How come Moses was able to spend 40 days on a mountain praying to God? What did he experience 
that perhaps you've not experienced because you get tired after, after five minutes of praying. Or two minutes. So what is it about Moses that, because, you see, it's not even about the miracles. You know why? Because the children of Israel got to experience miracles, but then when trials came, they said, they said how come, why did, why, why did you bring us here? They got to question God even after experiencing miracles. When the people who crucified Jesus, and then the ones who saw him work miracles, that means they were not moved. So if you think you would have changed your mind, because imagine, imagine Peter. Peter denied Jesus after making him walk on water. <laughs> he made him walk on water. That means he experienced a miracle that no other human being experienced, right? That means if there, if there was someone that could have strong convictions about this man called Jesus, maybe Peter would have been one of them. Because this guy saw him raise the dead. They saw him work all sorts of miracles. And they saw the supernatural in his life. He cast the fig tree and they, they saw he die the following day. You understand, right? The lame were walking and all that. But yet when Jesus was captured, they all ran away. They were nowhere to be seen. They didn't want to be associated with him. Isn't it interesting that you have... <laughs> You have the children of Israel who actually even saw the Red Sea parting. Now, I want you to imagine how a sea parting. That, I don't think that's something that our minds can actually pin, like that this, at how, how it can happen. You understand, right? They got to experience that, and yet, when they reach the other side and encounter certain challenges, they asked Moses, they said to Moses, we, have, we had better graves in Egypt. They were concerned about how they would be buried. That means their hearts were no longer of the miracles. It's men and women who, who have encountered God for themselves that when, time, when, when tough times come, they'll, they'll actually stand strong and still confess that God is good. It's people who've actually stood, as you've stood on the word of God, you've believed the word of God so much that there is nothing in this world that can actually shake your convictions away from the scriptures. Can God actually reveal his ways to, his ways to you? Have you become intimate enough with, to, for, for God to actually reveal certain ways to him? Or are you just the one that you will just see a miracle? You pray for a headache, headache is gone. Lord, I thank you. I've seen your goodness, Lord. And you walk away. So there's a place where you can experience the ways of God. There's another place where you can experience the miracles and the, and the acts of God. Because the act of God, you can testify, oh, God did this for me. God healed me that time. Or oh, God helped me. That I, I needed school fees at this time, and God helped me. I needed rent at this time, and God did it for me. I needed this at this time, and God did it for me. But the question is, have you actually gotten to know actually the ways, the character, the mind of God, how God thinks? See, because sometimes when you're faced with situations, your first question you ask yourself is, how would the Lord respond in this situation? Or would you lock himself and cry like you do? The people have to cry first before they act, of, uh, they act out of faith. Eh? They need to have the crying session first for two minutes or ten. Some for an hour. And then when they are done now, Lord, we got this. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> Praise God. 
Yeah, so how would the Lord act in your situation? How would the Lord act? So God is interested in us coming to the place where we are able to encounter him for who he is. Where we're able to know him, where we're able to know his mind, where we're able to know his ways. When you read the word of God, are you able to are you able to pick the mind of God over certain matters? Remember, the, the, the word of God reveals not only his mind, but his character. It shows you the, how God operates. It shows you how, how God does things. Are we together? It shows you how God thinks. It shows you how God, how, uh, how God functions all together. When you read the word of God, it, it, it's vast. It's not limited to just simply encourage you. If the word of God merely encourages you, then you've not encountered the ministry of the word of God. Because the ministry of the word of God not only rebukes, the ministry of the word of God exhorts. You understand, right? The ministry of the word of God will build you up on the inside. Because remember, the word of God is actually God's building material. He created everything in this world by the word of God. So that's what the scripture said. Everything that exists, he created it by the word of God. That means if God wants to create anything in a human being's life, he gives the word of God first. And you have to use that very word to create what you desire for your life. Because when you're done, done creating, the Bible actually records that he actually rested. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father today. Are we together? Yeah. So get to a place where you make up your mind saying, I'm going to know God for myself. Say your neighbor, I'm going to know God for myself. Say it loud. I'm going to know God for myself. Yes, so you have to come to a place where you have convictions that you're actually going to encounter God for yourself. Praise God. Yeah, so I was, there was something that I was, I was, I was doing earlier this week as I, as I was meditating because I love to, to read generally about different topics. So when I was reading, this week I think I was reading about, uh, about intimacy with God. I, I read a number of uh, writings by different scholars and, and whatnot. I got to realize something. A number of them would teach being intimate with God in the context of what we benefit from intimacy. Let me give you an example. Someone would teach about being intimate with God and they would tell you when you're intimate with God or when you're praying, uh, this will happen to you. When you're praying, this, this, you know what I mean, right? Such and such a thing will happen. So now, I got to ask myself questions to say, if truly we are in a relationship with this person called God, does it mean that our relation with him has to, has to have some benefit of some sort? I want you to think about it this way. We all have close friends here, right? Or a best friend or whatever it is that you want to call them, right? Either a close friend or a best friend. Or it could be a relative that's very close, right? Now... If you, if you have a relationship with someone and they are close, the question is, every time you communicate, do you have, always have an agenda? Every time you communicate with that person who you are close, sometimes you can go for no reason, right? You have nothing to say. You just have minutes. And you realize, these things will expire. Who will I call? Mm, dial. <laughs> because you are thinking, ah, when I just start, when I start talking, the, the conversation just flow. The point is, you will make contact simply because you actually have a relationship with the person. You are not looking to get anything from the person, but because of the relationship, you make contact. Now, when it comes to prayer, why do we have to look for the benefits when we can simply pray because of a relationship with God? God is actually our father. Now, a father desires to have a relationship with his children. 
You see, as beautiful as the, 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 the benefits of prayer can be, prayer will charge you up, prayer will all do all these things, prayer will do it. Those are beautiful things that I don't deny. But the question is, do you sometimes go in prayer simply because you have a relationship? Not because you desire anything. You go in prayer and say, Lord, even if I don't get anything, I will still pray. Will you have that mindset? If God decided to do that, that he stopped answering prayer, will you pray? Now think about it. It's a, it's a question. It's like your parents at home. If today they told you to say, look, I will, I've, I've stopped giving you money for that boarding house. That means you will stop talking to them. You won't, right? Yes, Why? Because your relationship goes beyond the provision. Your relationship is actually something that is built on the fact that you are born from them. Now where are you born of when it comes to God? You are actually born of God. So it means we actually have a relationship with this person called God. When you say God is your father, is that a conviction? Can you actually say God has fathered me? Praise the Lord. Yeah. So don't simply go to God. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to God for, because you want something. The Bible instructs us to, to, do, to, to do that, okay? I'm not disregarding it. But I'm talking from a point where we actually get to develop a relationship with him beyond the things that we can actually get from him. Beyond the things we can actually experience. Don't go to... See, there... I once heard someone, not someone I, I like, no, but I want... You know these videos that we watch on, on social media, right? There was someone who was praying, and for them, they wanted... They wanted to have an encounter with God a certain way. So they decided they were going to go on a fast and they were going to pray for these many days. Now, I don't, I don't object to that, to, to such, such a thing, okay? If the Lord is leading you, please go ahead. Don't just include us. Just go. In your journey or whatever it is you do, just, you know what I mean, eh? So now, I thought about it this, in this way. When Jesus was being led to go in the wilderness and he spent that many days praying to the Father and fellowshipping with the Father. Was he looking for power? Was Moses looking for power on the mountain? When the disciples were taught to wait for the promise of the Father. You see, the disciples spent days praying. And I don't know, I don't even know how they how they managed because there were no tongues by then, they spent days. How they manage is a mystery. Because if you don't speak in other tongues, trust me, prayer is very difficult. Ah, it's difficult. You'll be tired. When I are praying, you know what I'm talking about. You'll be tired. You'll just be looking. Ten minutes will feel like one hour. I started doing it. I said, some people just, just sat. Gave up. <laughs> Yeah, five minutes will just will you feel like you're dragging, like can church end already. <laughs> what time are we going home? You understand, right? You just keep why David coming. <laughs> now, so imagine they were there in the upper room. 120 of them, that's what the Bible says in Acts chapter number two. 120 of them, they sat in the upper room for days, waiting for the promise of the Father. Jesus didn't tell them which day he would come. Tell them, just wait. That means that you have to be patient, eh? They sat in there waiting for the promise of the Father. Now, they didn't know how the promise of the Father would come. They didn't even know whether, he, if he's come, they didn't even know that, what will happen. No idea whatsoever. 
But when they sat there, they, was, they, see, they were not looking for tongues. They sat there in obedience to the voice of Jesus because they loved the master. They sat. He told them wait, they waited. He told them, see, they sat right there until they, when they received the promise of the Father, no one had told them you've received it. Everyone knew. It was, it was everyone. Even the people who were not part of the meeting knew these guys have received something. <laughs> but where is it coming from? From a place where you're able to actually a place where you're able to actually relate with the Lord the certain way. Where your relationship is a relationship. It's not just something I love God. Do you actually love him? Has, see, love will be tested. That's, that's the thing about love. I, 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 I love this concept called it will be tested. For anyone in this world, even your love for your sibling, they will test you. Yeah. Your sibling will tell you, I love you, and, and eat your thing in the fridge the following day. The following day. And you'll be there like, where is the love? <laughs> you understand, right? Yeah, you just be seeing photos of your sibling posting on photo with your clothes. Don't... Why are you wearing my clothes on social media? And you're wondering, Ish. they will test it. <laughs> Some of you are the ones who do such things. Stop. <laughs> no, stop. One day we'll comment. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. So get to a place where you genuinely have a relationship with God. And I get to love will be tested. Even your love for God, as you say you love God, it will be tested. There's no love we didn't get tested in this world. You will receive it. Because the Bible promises it. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus said in this world you experience trials and tribulations. So there's a point where you experience trials, then the next stage is tribulations. <laughs> I don't know which one you've encountered, yes. <laughs> but if you're on the tribulation stage, we are praying for you, amen. <laughs> we are praying for you. Yeah. So develop a genuine relationship with God. Desire to know God for yourself. When you open your Bible, don't, don't just close it because you've, you've, you've read it. See, there are people who just, you open the Bible because you have an agenda. Today I just plan to read the book of Matthew. So you open Matthew, you read how Jesus was born, you've gotten nothing and close it and go to sleep. Yesterday I read Matthew. You didn't read anything. There was no understanding. This month I read five books. What did you learn, sir? You can't even tell us. That means you're, you're actually not pushing for a relationship. You're pushing to complete books. Just for the sake of saying, I read, I read five books of the Bible. But did you understand them? What was the Lord trying to communicate to you? You see, I'm one person who loves, when I pray, I normally don't stop praying until God speaks to me. Either through a vision, whatever it is that, that I do. But I don't remember the last time I went in prayer with the intention of seeing a vision. I go in prayer because I love the Lord. Whether I see a vision or I don't, I'll come out satisfied. A prayer session is not powerful because we are shaking. <laughs> a prayer session is not powerful because you felt the anointing, because you felt goosebumps. You know, you know what I mean? The, 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 the Holy Spirit moved in your body. You felt it. A prayer session is not powerful because you experienced something supernatural. A prayer session is powerful because you spoke to a powerful God. That's what makes it powerful. Prayer is only as powerful as the one you talk to. Not the one who speaks. It's about the one you talk to. 
Because if it's about the one who speaks, then that means we actually have all the power. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So genuinely move to a point where you actually have a relationship with the Lord. When you read Matthew chapter number 22, Matthew 22, verse 37. Matthew 22, verse 37. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Mm-hmm. Read it again. Say, Jesus said to him, shall love the Lord your God. He says, with all your heart, right? With all your soul, right? With all your mind, right? You know, when I was reading that scripture, you know what I discovered? I discovered God doesn't want you to, res- to, res- to reserve anything when it comes to loving him. That means there is nothing. See, your love for God must not withhold anything back. If there's anything you're holding back in your love for God, then you've not yet started loving him. Because it's a loving with all your heart. Has all your heart fallen in love with this Jesus? Has all your soul fallen in love with this Jesus? Your, your, your entire mind. Maybe let me ask you a question. How do you know you're in love? <laughs> Don't laugh. It's a question. I'm not talking about with the, with the, with the opposite sex, please. Let's not talk. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> yeah, students, why are you falling in love? Focus on your studies. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Focus on your studies. You leave these things for big people. <laughs> Amen. Yes. So if you are still in school, just chill, eh? Yeah. Unless you are getting married next year or the other year. So chill. So a question is, how do you know you're actually in love with the Lord? <laughs> how would you know? Or maybe, since you, you wanted to just take it that direction, how do you know you're in love? Now, I'm asking the context where, where you thought about How do you know you're actually in love? When you can't control how you spend your money. <laughs> you realize that there is, there is no distance this thing. You can, you, can, you can cross a toll gate. <laughs> When you realize, I don't know, how, how, do you, how do you know? Maybe someone to give me an answer. <laughs> when you're in paper, do you remember to buy socks for someone? That's how you know. The point is this. When your heart is in a particular direction, there are things you begin to do for the other person. You understand, right? So when the Bible tells you to love the Lord with all your heart, it means everything in you must move towards God. Before you give your heart to a human being, give it to God first. Let me say that again. I know though some of you have already given it. Yeah, we take it back, eh? And then, and then you give it later. Before you give your heart to someone, give it to the Lord first. Love the Lord with all your heart. Everything in you must love Jesus. Don't dance because the music is nice. Dance because you love Jesus. 
Don't close your eyes and lift your hands because the, because the person who's leading is singing nicely. Lift your hands because, because you love Jesus. As in, don't do all these things because, because they are motivational factors. Do it because you love Jesus. Genuinely fall in love with Jesus. No, genuinely do it. Prayer becomes easy when you're in love with the Lord. No, it becomes, it's no longer a burden. It's no longer a burden. All of a sudden, you want to pray at zero one. You want to pray at six, at six in the morning. You want to pray at eight. You want to pray because, because you know where your heart is. The Lord has arrested your heart. He's captured it completely. You can't help it but actually pray. You can't help it but spend time with him. You want to know him more. Are you listening? If prayer becomes a burden, we have to question your love firstly. Yeah, if it, becomes, if, if it just becomes, we are praying too much in this church. <laughs> this church, uh, me, I'm leaving. We pray too much. But if it's the other person, even by minutes upon me, they finish, you buy other ones. Because you can go on and on, right? You have story, it doesn't end. Hmm? Sleeping on a banker bed in boarding house, you're lying to someone's daughter. Hmm, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, genuinely fall in love with Jesus. Tell your neighbor, love Jesus. Look at them, tell them, love Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. It will be easy to do. Even things like giving, it's so difficult when you love the Lord. No one will have to coerce you. No. No one will have to force you to do anything. Because serving God becomes easy. You serve him. You can't serve God with joy if you don't love him. It becomes exciting when you're in love with, when you're in love with the one you, you're serving. Are we together? It becomes exciting. All these spiritual things we, we do for the Lord, they become exciting when, when, when your heart actually is towards it. So it's love him with all your heart. It says with all your soul. That means everything about you now. As every, everything, not just your spirit man, but everything. Your mind now goes towards it. Your mind can't help it but think of the Lord. You think about, in the morning, you think, you, you think of what, what, what can I do, Lord, for you today? What can I do for you today? You ask yourself questions like, as in, your, your, mind, can't, your mind can't stop to think about the, th- the things you want to do for God because you love him. Are we together? Yeah. Wonderful. So Psalms chapter number 84. This is David. Psalms chapter number 84, verse 2. Psalms 84, verse 2. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Psalms 84, verse 2. One, two, three, go. Have you seen that? Let's read it again. One, two, three, go. David was not longing to see God's power. David was longing for God. When you are longing for power, you are longing for the product, not for the source. 
When you are longing for encounters, you are longing for something that just lasts for a few minutes. No encounter lasts forever. Moses eventually had to come down from the mountain. <laughs> you understand, right? But when you are longing for God himself, you are, you are longing for the source. It means you can walk in any time. There comes a place where, 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 when you get to encounter God a certain way, there are encounters you can, you, you can walk in and out. Not all encounters are orchestrated by divine. You can orchestrate them by your faith. When you actually get to encounter God, you can begin to orchestrate certain encounters by God, with God. Because you know the one you are longing for. You are pulling God towards you because of your, because of your heart. You, the, the way your heart is beating for him. It, you, are, you are pulling him to actually, to actually visit you even more. How together? Get to the place where your, your heart, you see, when you, if let's say, um, assuming let's say I come to you, every time I come to see you, maybe I bring something you love. Maybe you say you love KFC. I love KFC. So assuming let's say you love KFC, not Hungry Lion. <laughs> I should ban that stuff in this time. <laughs> anyway, that's a joke. <laughs> if you enjoy it, please go ahead. So, let's say, uh, every time I come to see you, I bring KFC. You can't relate my presence with KFC. I'm a person. I simply come with KFC. You can't even nickname me, you even save me in your phone. For <coughs> <But> KFC. <laughs> <laughs> that means you are actually missing out on a relationship and you're focusing on what I bring. Now, how do, isn't that how God treat, how people treat God when it comes to prayer? We focus on the things that God is able to bring to us, but we're missing out on the encounters we can have with him as a person. Where you get to know his mind, you get to know his ways, you get to know what he thinks about this. God is able to direct your path about where to go, what decisions to make. He's able to guide you because you've actually gotten to encounter him for yourself. You know him as your God. He's not just God, he's your God. He becomes personal. He becomes personal. When you say he's my God, you mean it. You know where I'm coming from. You are not a Christian because you are born in a Christian home. You know the God you've believed on your own. You understand, right? You know the God you've encountered on your own. The God who showed you mercy. When you talk about the mercy of God, you're able to relate it and you can preach it to someone. Say, this is, you might have messed up, but there's a God of mercy. And you begin to share the gospel with them. Because you know the one you've encountered. When you can talk about the love of God, it's different than I'm talking from, from simply because you've read in the scriptures. But there's a point where you've gotten to experience the love of God for yourself. Say, look, God loved me while I was a mess. He loves you. This. You, you begin to preach the gospel a certain way. Because you've encountered God for yourself. God is not just something you read in the book. Not something that, that someone else lives in the sky. He, when you say he lives in you, as in you know he lives in you. You woke up in the morning and you sense his presence. You went to work and you sense his presence. You are in class, you sense his presence. God is with you all the time. That's the level of a relationship we, we ought to have as children of God. It's not just about what another person has experienced. It's about what have I encountered about this God? What have I known about this God? What have I known about this person called God? This person called Jesus. Yes, he, yes, he lived. Yes, history can confirm that he was there. But have I known him personally? <laughs> this person called the Holy Spirit. One day he decided to come upon the church and they, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and they received other tongues. Have I received the Holy Ghost? Was the church the same when they received the Holy Ghost? See, ordinary men became extraordinary men. 
ordinary young ladies became extraordinary young, young ladies. See, when Mary, when the Holy Spirit came, came, came upon Mary, was, was, she, was she ever ordinary? All of a sudden, history can't forget her because of the Spirit of God that sat on her. Are you listening? There is a personal encounter you can have with God, a personal relationship you can have with God, where your life becomes a testimony of what God, of, of, of who God is. Not, what, not just what he's done, but who God is. People must be able to look at you and say, this is the faithfulness of God. Ask your neighbor, how many have encountered God through your life? That's not even a rhetorical question. That's a, let them answer you. <laughs> No, God must become personal. Say, neighbor, God must become personal. Yeah, David was longing for David was longing for God. This, he, look, look at Psalms again, forty-two, verse, verse two. Same David again, Psalms forty-two, verse two. Are we there? Psalms forty-two, verse two. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Hmm. Hmm. He says, my soul thirsts for who? He doesn't thirst for what he does. No, the things he does are beautiful. But my thirsting is for him. You understand, right? The mercy he showed me is beautiful, but my thirsting is for him. Are you listening? Yeah. No, God must become personal. There are certain things which are personal about it. See, I've met people because I love football. I've met football fans who take football too personal. We've heard stories about people who kill themselves over football, right? Now, that's just too personal. <laughs> nah, that's just too personal. Mm-hmm. You understand? You're even failing to eat because the team has lost. <laughs> there are people who even take movies seriously. A series. You're even, you can't even sleep. You even know you're supposed to go in school the following day. You're thinking about the next episode. What happened, right? Okay, one more, one more episode. You go there. Before you know it, you have just an entire season. You, you are taking two persons. How about we take God personal? No, how about our God becomes personal? Not just, not just God out there, but God becomes personal. Your revelation of God becomes personal. How personal is your God? No, how personal is your God? There are people, there are people on social media who can mock God and you're laughing, you're laughing alone. They can mock the Jesus you believe in and you're laughing along, even find it fun. No, Pastor, it's just a meme. No, it's not just a meme. No, it's not. It shows us what you think. What's in your heart? No, you're a young man. Why do you pray so much? God is personal. <laughs> no, you're a young man. Why do you fast so much? God is personal. If it means I'll fast, I'll fast. See, we're not fasting because of our problems. No, we live in abundance. No, we don't fast because of problems. No, we don't spend time in prayer because no, we want to find our way out. Jesus is the way. We know the way out. That's Jesus. So we're not trying to look for a way out. For us, you see, we, we, we go in prayer because we know the one we are praying to. We know the one we are believing him for. We know the one who we fellowship with. When we say father, we know he's our father. No, it's personal now. No, church doesn't become church anymore. It becomes personal. You understand, right? Winning souls doesn't become winning souls. It's, it's personal. You make it... 
It's an agenda. I won't stop praying. I won't stop fasting. I won't stop reading the scriptures. I won't stop singing. I won't stop, you see, even if you have today, just sing it. Like just, for the Lord, just sing it. Just this morning, I was telling telling my wife, you endure so much with my voice. (laughs) I just sing. God is personal. Praise God. No, God is personal. Very personal. I sing because, because I love him. Do you like it? I don't care. I will sing. <laughs> no. Because is God concerned whether your neighbor enjoys it or not? <laughs> concerned about your neighbor. Just sing. Okay? Just sing. See, we have believers who are afraid of being identified as people who pray. Like, you can't, you, when there are people around you, even, people don't even know you can speak in other tongues because they will think, ah, that sister looks too nice to speak in. <laughs> You don't, you don't want to look too spiritual, as people say it. Like, there's nothing, nothing like too spiritual. We are spirit beings. You understand, right? We'll pray. We'll study the scriptures. We'll worship God. We'll, fast, we'll do all these things. We'll go an extra mile for God because God has become... You see, we have a relationship with him. No, it's a relationship. It's not, it's not just something, something we heard about. We've encountered him for ourselves. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. I want us to pray together, so I'll wrap up shortly. When you read scriptures, like uh, Mark, Mark chapter number 1, verse, Mark chapter number 1, verse 35. Mark 1, 35. You don't have to turn there, just write it down. I won't read it. Like I said, I want us to pray together, so... I would like for us to, to wrap up for fast. <clears throat> Mark chapter number 1 verse 35 and also Luke chapter number 5 verse 16. Luke chapter number 5 verse 16. The two scriptures show you something very, very important. Jesus took his relationship with the Father so personal that he actually would separate himself from everyone else just so he could go and pray. There's a level of, of fellowship or encounter or, or, or intimacy with God that you don't want human disturbance. Someone may ask you, why do you wake up in the middle of the night to pray? I don't want anyone to disturb me. Some of you when, you, when you want to talk to someone, you even know you can't talk in front of you, you even go hide. I'm looking at you, yes, you. Yes, pastor, yes, yes. You even go hide. <laughs> no, because you know the conversions are just two persons. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. But think about it in that context. If I took God as personal as I take everything else, how would my relationship with him be? If I took God as personal as I take, as, as I take my desires and my wants, how would my relationship with him be? Are we together? A number of believers are casual about their relationship with God because they've not known God for themselves. You've not known who God is. You can't be late for work, but you can be late for church. It just shows something. Are we together? Yeah. Even with work, when you know that it's, it's no longer personal, you even just go anytime you want. You just begin to test your bosses. You are pressing buttons. Because <laughs> now nah, this place is frustrating me. <laughs> 
Praise God. <laughs> so, get to a place where you schedule times of prayer. You schedule times where you study the scriptures. You schedule times where you talk to someone about the gospel. You schedule times where you want to encounter God for yourself and you dedicate yourself and give yourself entirely because for you, the Lord is not just God out there. For you, he is your God. For you, he is not just everyone's father. He is your father. It becomes a very personal thing. You see, some of you have grown up, let's say, in homes where your parents are, are called mom and dad by a lot, by a number of your friends or everyone in the neighborhood, right? Now, they may be mom and dad to all your friends and everyone else, but for you, there's a, certain, there's a certain level of relationship you have with them that they may not, other people may not have. You know that your friends may call your parents as, oh, mom, but they can't come to your mom and tell them, mom, my, my school fees. You are able to go there because you know the relationship, you understand, right? For them, they know the limit they have when it comes to that relationship with, their, with your parents. But for you, you know, because me, I'm genuinely their, their child. If I go for this, it, this will happen. You understand, right? Just like <clears throat> if let's say there's there, there, there a man in a neighborhood who is known to be very tough. You see, no matter how tough he is, there is a child who, who has a soft spot for. If he just, the child just says, dad, everything come. No matter how tough the, the, the everything will just come. Relationship. That's how God looks at you. No, that's, that's how he does it. That's how he does it. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. All right? And you're about to make a very personal prayer. I want you to pray to God. Say, Lord, help my heart love you more. I'll give a further prayer point. But you're praying to say, if there's anything that I have withheld from you, show it to me that I may give it to you as well. God is able to search the deep things even of your heart. There are some things that you could have withheld from your heart from him. But I want you to make a very personal prayer right now. Say, Lord, if there's anything that I have withheld from you, show it to me that I give it to you. Help my heart love you more. Pray. And let it come from your heart as you pray.